we think about uh, our citizens in a different way, not just what the amount of profit I can extract from our citizens, but what we really need to do to help our citizens. Hello, you are listening to the Community Broadband Bits podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance, and I'm Lisa Gonzalez. On April 1st, the voters in Montrose, Colorado, voted yes on Measure A. The decision allows the community to establish a telecommunications utility. In 2005, state statute took away that right. In this episode, Chris talks with Virgil Turner, Director of Innovation and Citizen Engagement in Montrose. Virgil describes an all-too-familiar scenario in Montrose, a place where the quality of life is high except for one thing. Residents and businesses cannot get the connectivity they need from incumbents. Montrose voters have spoken, and community leaders are ready to take a thoughtful approach that focuses on local needs. Here are Chris and Virgil. Welcome to another edition of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. I'm Chris Mitchell, and today I'm speaking with Virgil Turner, the Director of Innovation and Citizen Engagement for the City of Montrose in Colorado. Welcome to the show. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Last time I was in Colorado, it was hard to leave. Um, it was uh, just the beginning of spring, and I was in Longmont and Fort Collins, and and just seeing those beautiful mountains in the background made me hard to think about ever leaving them. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about Montrose? I understand that you're situated among those mountains. We are. We're nestled in a uh, high uh, valley at 5,800 feet above sea level. Uh, we're in western Colorado situated about 60 miles from the Utah border. Uh, We have mountains surrounding us and public lands. It's an absolutely gorgeous place to be. We're about 30 miles uh, north of the San Juan Range, which is a group of 14,000-foot peaks. Uh, Just absolutely um, perfect distance to be away to take in the full range. You know, sometimes it seems like the beauty of a community is inversely proportional to how easy it is to serve with telecommunications. <laughs> so I'm curious, uh, how, is the, how are the existing telecommunications services uh, in your community? When I describe Montrose to someone that uh, is out of the area, I, I try to paint a very p- pretty picture, but we do have one blemish in Montrose, and, and uh, in my mind that's um, inadequate broadband capability. We have two incumbent providers, uh, CenturyLink and Charter, and we've seen very little um, innovation and in, in capital improvement happening on those systems, even though we have been asking for, and they have, uh, I have heard many people tell stories about placing orders for services that uh, their marketing folks uh, say that they can provide, but uh, when it uh, gets to engineering for some reason, uh, they're not able to uh, to uh, fulfill those orders. And so do you get a sense that both residents and businesses uh, are not having their needs met? You know, I, um, I live right uh, in downtown Montrose. Uh, Montrose uh, has about uh, 19,000 people, so we spread out uh, over a, a fair bit of land, And but I live uh, probably about a quarter of a mile from our central office, and I have um, the benefit of having the fastest DSL that um, CenturyLink offers, and I'm getting about 12 megabits up 
or 12 megabits down and about, uh, if I'm lucky, one megabit up. Uh, so folks that are using CenturyLink, have, um, that's something that I can I can use Netflix and things like that for it in my home, but it is uh, certainly not uh, what I would like to have. And, and I am one of the fortunate ones uh, when we get out uh, to the far reaches of our City um, CenturyLink, uh, you're, you're lucky if you can get five meg. Uh, Charter is a little bit better. Uh, 25 meg is what they're offering with their triple play service, but uh, that uh, apparently is a marketing um, marketing term because I've not heard of too many people actually able to achieve that, especially in the evening hours when everybody's when the demand goes up. So, uh, and business is actually, in, in a lot of cases, is even worse. I have a, a business I've been working with. Uh, 40 employees have actually two locations, one in Montrose, their headquarters here, and another location in California. A T1 is about the best that they can get at that location. And they're right next to our airport, right in the hub, in the center of town. And so um, we have uh, a real need here. The interesting thing is if you read the op-ed pages in Washington, D.C. or or probably in Denver, um, in many places, people would describe your community as served because you have DSL. It's for, it's for a number of people. It's in excess of what the FCC would define as the minimum basic broadband connection. Um, you have a cable system, which, yes, is not is not very fast, but again, it's you know, it's not the most awful thing ever. And so I just I think it's worth pointing out that in the eyes of official U.S. policy and what many people who are working for the cable companies either directly or indirectly are claiming is that you're a success story. <laughs> How does that yes. feel? It uh, doesn't feel great. Uh, we've had this debate in Colorado uh, over the last few few weeks, especially uh, there's a, uh, a bill going through our General Assembly right now. Uh, looking to reform the high cost fund, and and in the definitions they talk about areas that are served, and are underserved or not served at all, and uh, they're using thresholds that, uh, uh, in fact, in the bill I believe um, uh, you're not eligible as a customer to receive any of the funding through this reform of the high cost fund if you have capability of 56 kilobits per second. So, um, uh, and yet they refer to this as a broadband bill. So, uh, you know, this is a, a real challenge. What I've seen, we have uh, in Colorado, you may be familiar, we have a broadband map. It's put out by the state. Um, unfortunately, that broadband map, um, uh, we get the data from that instead of by actual uh, speed test, we get that data for that uh, from the incumbents. They're self-reporting the level of service. And um, in my mind, it sure benefits them if they're trying to limit competition uh, to report high. And, and in fact, if you look at Montrose on the Colorado broadband map, uh, everywhere that we have cable television, it states that we have 25 megabit service available to anybody in that area. And I know that is not true. 
Before CenturyLink was CenturyLink, it was Quest. And in Colorado, you have this Quest law, which basically revoked your authority as a community to build its own network. But unlike some other states, you're able to have a local referendum and get all that authority back effectively. And so this is what originally brought us to your attention, is that as a community, you looked at restoring local authority. Can you walk us through why you decided to go through this effort? Broadband has been... Um, on our radar for some time, but our city council two years ago uh, made it a priority for us. Uh, they took the leadership role of, of stating that uh, Montrose needs affordable, reliable, uh, redundant internet service for our community and to to be able to take advantage of economic development uh, possibilities and to to bring education to our children who are competing on a global scale these days. Uh, they felt that broadband was one of those things that we was a blemish here. Uh, one of the things that uh, you know we knew about Senate Bill um, 05-152, or when we started looking at broadband, we first started um, trying to figure out if there's some way that the city can be involved, and of course, this prohibition on municipal uh, participation or competition in broadband was was certainly a barrier to us. Um, it it prohibits communities in Colorado from even um, municipalities from even offering Wi-Fi service in in their parks and things like that. It's just it it is a very stringent law that reduces competition, which uh, gives the incumbents no incentive to to uh, put capital investment into our communities. And so uh, one of the leaders in Colorado, Longmont, Colorado, uh, in 2011, uh, had a successful uh, ballot measure uh, to, to uh, which asked the citizens a single question whether they are willing to allow a, our, the municipal government to to compete in um, advanced telecommunications. And we placed that on the ballot uh, for April 1st, and 74% of our citizens uh, voted yes. That's quite a number. You, uh, if I recall correctly, Longmont got something like 64 or 68%. So congratulations. Well, thanks. I think uh, the people of Montrose have spoken that they are, um, they are not happy with the current situation. And like um, cities have done for countless years, our citizens are looking to us to provide uh, a level of service uh, that they have grown to expect with us providing streets and sidewalks and and water, clean drinking water, and trash service. So those services that have traditionally not been a competitive private sector venture in rural, rural America, I think municipal governments need to step in and try to figure out a way to do it. You've certainly stepped up to the task. What sort of plans does the city have now moving forward? Our immediate plans are to uh, move forward on a feasibility study. We want, we think that we know a lot of the answers, 
But if we want to move forward, we want to make sure that we're making the right decisions in, in creating the, the business model that will give us the highest level of success in Montrose. Uh, we've seen examples of very successful uh, cities, uh, Chattanooga, uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, that have been leaders in this and have proven that municipal governments can do this and can be successful. Uh, we want to make sure that the, the business model that we choose in Montrose answers all of the questions that are going to come up in Montrose. And we understand what our market is and what the what our anticipated take rate should be for providing these services and what the services are. Uh, we're not sure whether our public is going to demand dial tone in their homes. Uh, we're seeing fewer and fewer people um, you know, retaining their uh, telephone systems in their homes. I'm not even sure if cable TV is going to be uh, one of the things um, that we will be offering since uh, many people are moving to uh, over the top of their uh, to services um, uh, that come in through their data channel. Those are some of the questions we want to ask and get good answers for, understand what our market is, what the, the public is going to demand, what our business sector needs. What I'd like to see is gigabit to the home. Um, but I think our business sector, I, I don't want to limit them to gig. Uh, if they need larger uh, larger <laughs> bandwidth, we want to be able to, to be primed and ready to be able to provide that. So, that's what that's what we want to hear. I don't want to limit myself to just a gig. That's, that's a good marketing campaign. It sounds like all the options are on the table in terms of not just the uh, what services may be delivered, but maybe even how they're delivered. Have you considered or will you be considering an open access arrangement? Or have you decided that the city is going to take um, a role in ensuring that the services are delivered? Well, Christopher, just as you mentioned, um, I, I'm going into this. Uh, I think the city in general is going into this with with um, all options open. Uh, we do have some great private sector, uh, local companies that have been providing, uh, filling the need, uh, the 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 uh, demand that's out there. Um, they are they have limited resources. But they've done a great job of helping those that just can't wait for the city to clear the hurdles uh, ahead of it to businesses that just can't wait. And so they have uh, really filled the need, and, and we want to be respectful to what they've done. And, you know, I, I would love to see an open access network. I think that's, that's the utopian idea. If we had an open access network that, uh, that would pay for itself? Um, I think that's the question. And so, and that's part of what our feasibility study will really be trying to dive into. If we can show that we can make it work, I think that would be my preference. I'd like to see a network that within the, within the context of our um, metropolitan area network, uh, being able to allow connections uh, to private sector cloud services that are located here in Montrose that uh, that wouldn't need to have internet access to be able to operate. So if there was ever a disruption in the internet, uh, folks in Montrose could still, you know, 
take care of business through cloud services uh, if if all of those resources were available on our network, and that's going to reduce costs um, for internet access. That's a really smart approach. The uh, the needs of having local data available in the event that you may have some outages uh, that prevent you from getting out to the wider internet. And we've just seen this in other parts of Colorado with those horrible, um, the, the rainstorm, the flooding, the landslides. So I think it's a very smart approach. And I also just want to salute you for having an open mind in terms of looking at the business models that are going to meet your needs and not just coming in and saying, ideologically, we want to do X, Y, or Z. But but having that approach of seeing what the community needs are and then figuring out the best way to meet them. I think that's really smart. So congratulations. You know, I think um, as a, a municipality, we look at the world a little different than um, a, an organization that is run by stockholders. Uh, we have, we're a service-oriented organization. And so we think about uh, our citizens in a different way, not just what what the amount of profit I can extract from our citizens, but what we really need to do to help our citizens. And I think having a municipal uh, government involved in operation of a utility like this, and that's the way we look at this, uh, I think is very beneficial for our citizens. This is, uh, this is what has uh, distressed me with um, the states that have um, bowed down to uh, the pressures to uh, prohibit municipalities from, from moving forward in this effort. One of the things that we always come back to is that this should be up to the communities themselves because you have the best knowledge of what the local challenges are and what the local assets are. So you should be deciding locally. Absolutely, and I think that was uh, that's what our voters responded to when we were talking to voters prior to the election. You know, we we touted this as or, or painted the picture that this is a, a local control issue. Um, we should know best instead of the folks that are serving in in Denver. Uh, we probably know better what our community needs. We have a better pulse on what's happening here and to prohibit um, prohibit the folks that should know the best uh, from entering into the game is um, is something that should not take place. And I look today, we're um, 34th globally in our uh, ranking, the United States. And, and I think this lack of competition and in, in mergers, uh, mergers upon mergers to monopoly status has as uh, the main reason for that. Absolutely, but you won't have to worry about that for much longer. Thank you for coming on the show. We look forward to learning more and seeing how you proceed. Thanks, Christopher. Be sure to visit muninetworks.org and follow the Montrose tag. As the community moves forward, we will follow their progress and report to you. We want your ideas for the Broadband Bits podcast. Let us know about topics that interest you or guests you'd like to hear from. Write to podcast at muninetworks.org. You can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at communitynets. This show was released on April 22, 2014. Thank you to the group Valley Lodge for their song, Sweet Elizabeth, licensed using Creative Commons. <laughs>